Today. 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 Today with Jeff Vines. Twice every weekday on Vision and on demand in the free Vision Christian Media app. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. So, question. Do you believe in signs, wonders and miracles? Not just 2,000 odd years ago in the Bible. I mean, today, here, now, for you, for me. Hi, I'm Bernie Diamond and welcome to the program today as we kick off a new series of messages called Signs of Wonders and Miracles. Signs, Wonders and Miracles. Wow, what a subject to be talking about. As we chug a lug on through our lives, it's not something that we think an awful lot about, is it? That The supernatural power of God intervening in the natural lives that we lead. Well, we don't think too much about it, that is, until we're desperate for a miracle, until some crisis comes along. Maybe it's a health scare, cancer, a heart attack, an accident, some other terrible illness. And then we go to God in absolute desperation, almost as a last resort, asking for a miracle. But you see, I'm not sure that that's exactly how God wants us to think of miracles. I, for one, believe that God is still doing amazing things today. And yes, miracles can be an exception. But sometimes I don't think we're expectant enough, matter of fact enough, prepared enough to go to God in the normal course of business, right in the ordinary, mundane lives that we lead, and ask him to intervene in a miraculous way. So over these next few weeks, we're going to be exploring eight miracles, the eight signs, as the Apostle John calls them, that are recorded in John's Gospel. Here they are as a bit of a heads up. The first one was when Jesus turned water into wine at the Canaanite wedding. Then there was the healing of the royal official or nobleman's son, the healing of a paralytic, the feeding of the 5,000. Then there's the whole walking on water thing that Jesus did, healing a man born blind, raising Lazarus from the dead, and then finally, the multitude of fishes, eight signs, signs that point to the supernatural power of Jesus. And that's the thing, John in his gospel calls them signs, because they are signs. A sign points at something, and these signs authenticate who Jesus is, who he claimed to be the very son of the one true living God. In fact, Jesus makes exactly that point in John's gospel, chapter 5, verse 36. This is what he says, But the testimony that I have is greater than that of John. For the works that the Father has given me to accomplish, the very works that I'm doing, bear witness about me that the Father has sent me. I don't know about you, but but when I first became a Christian almost 20 years ago now, I was pretty sceptical of this whole signs, wonders and miracles thing. We've all seen those televangelists on TV. They hype the audience, they prance around the stage and they lay their hands on people and push them over so hard you wonder whether instead of being healed, the person just got whiplash. Have you seen that stuff? My reaction is to cringe from that. My, My reaction is to disbelieve that God would ever work through that sort of crass snake oil showmanship. That's how I feel when I see this stuff. Maybe you react differently. Maybe it's because we Aussies are naturally sceptical, or perhaps I don't have enough faith. I don't know. But it just doesn't work for me. It doesn't work for a lot of other people either. I remember years ago when I was sitting in a final year ministry class doing my ministry degree, just half a dozen or so students and and one lecturer, and we were chatting about signs and wonders and miracles, and, and one of my fellow students asked the lecturer, a wise old man, in fact, he was the president of the Bible College, the, the head of theology, they asked him about one particular televangelist, very well known, the, the sort of super flamboyant and over-the-top end of the scale, 
the student asked, do you think that God uses this guy to heal people and to perform miracles? I thought it was a really good question. The wise old lecturer paused for a while. He he cocked his head to the side and then a small smile emerged on his face, indicating that he'd stumbled across a piece of wisdom to answer this somewhat perplexing and difficult question. This is what he said. He said, look, I have two parts to my answer, so hear me out. Do I think that God uses that guy to heal people? Yeah, I do. Absolutely I do. But if I were God, would I use him to heal people? (laughs) Not on your life. I thought it was a very good answer. And the answer finds its roots, if you will, in what Jesus said about himself. Let's have another listen. For the works that the Father has given me to accomplish, the very works that I'm doing, bear witness about me that the Father has sent me. So the whole point of these so-called signs, the wonders and the miracles are to point to the existence of this God who is ready and willing and able to intervene supernaturally in our lives, to suspend the natural order and to do miraculous things. The point is not, as in the case of the televangelist, to point to the authenticity of the showman, but to point to Jesus. That's why we cringe when we see that stuff, because it's not what Jesus intended. Does God still use that in power and might sometimes? Sure he does. But miracles are meant to bring God the glory, not us. Make sense? So that's the first thing about miracles. The second thing for today is our level of expectation. Now, I'm not suggesting for one moment that we should expect a miracle in every situation, that somehow, because we believe in Jesus, we get an easy ride. That's not at all what Jesus promised. In fact, quite the opposite. He said to his disciples, in this world you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. John chapter 16, verse 33. But on the other hand, Jesus makes it clear that he expects us to expect miracles from him. He expects us to put our trust in him and our faith in him. And to the extent that we don't do that, I believe we miss out on the supernatural power of God. Do you remember the first time that Jesus visited his hometown of Nazareth, just after he'd begun his public ministry? Have a listen, Mark chapter 6, beginning at verse 1. Jesus went away from there and came to his hometown, and his disciples followed him. And on the Sabbath he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him, they were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? What is the wisdom that's been given to him? How are such mighty works done by his hands? Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brother of James, and Joseph, and Judas, and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us too? And they took offence at him. And Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honour, except in his hometown and among his relatives and in his own household. And he could do no mighty work there, except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he marvelled because of their unbelief. I don't know about you, but I don't want Jesus to marvel at my unbelief. The thing that caught his fellow Nazarenes was the fact that he was familiar. Remember that Jesus Joseph and Mary's son, the carpenter's apprentice who grew up here in scummy old Nazareth. Who does he think he is? Because they were so immersed in the natural, they couldn't lay hold of the supernatural. They couldn't come to grips with the miracles being done in the midst of the mundane. And I think that's often the case with us too. Look around, your home, your workplace, your your boring little routine, day after day. Come on, do you expect Jesus to show up in that place and do something miraculous for you? (laughs) No, I thought not. Most of us simply don't expect miracles amidst the mundane. When our faith doesn't reach out to Jesus in a plain and simple expectancy that he is in this place, it's going to be just like Nazareth. Let these words ring in your ears. 
He could do no mighty works there. And so he marveled at their unbelief. I guess the point that I'm trying to make, getting us ready to look at these eight signs and wonders and miracles that John records in his gospel, is this. On the one hand, Jesus doesn't want us to be out there in some outrageous showmanship that points to us and not to him. He's not looking for some super spiritual swami to serve him. On the other hand, neither is he going to intervene all too often with his supernatural power. If we simply don't expect him to, if we deny his power, The Bible talks about people who hold to the outward form of godliness, going through all the religious rituals and motions and showing up at church and playing the game, but at the same time denying the power of God. 2 Timothy 3, verses 4-6. to And it says this about those people, that we should keep away from them and have nothing to do with them. So as we head off on the journey tomorrow, looking at the miracles of Jesus, it's this biblical balance that I want us to keep in mind. with the power to transform your life, to help you be all that God made you to be. And that's what the Fresh Daily Devotional is all about. It's completely free and I'd love to send it to you. Each day you'll receive a life-changing scripture together with some words of inspiration, hope and encouragement from me delivered right to your inbox where you can choose to read, listen or watch the daily video. It's completely up to you. Remember, God's Word is the power to change and it's fresh for you each day. You can subscribe to receive your free daily devotional at freshdevotional.org or give us a call toll free on 1300 722 415 to request the printed devotional if that works better for you. Again, that's freshdevotional.org or 1300 722 415. My prayer is that your heart will be touched and transformed as you draw ever closer to Jesus through the power of his word. I'm Bernie Diamond. Catch you again same time tomorrow with a different perspective. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.